it is uh, time, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for the Crime Report, brought to you by the Crime Stoppers of Suffolk County, 1-800-220-TIPS, 1-800-220-8477. Uh, that's where all calls are indeed kept anonymous, and a monetary reward at times, uh, issue for information. Uh, that will lead uh, to an arrest. Joe Jacklin, retired NYPD sergeant, former commanding officer of the Bronx Cold Case Squad, current adjunct professor at John Jay College, and an author of the fantastic uh, criminal investigative function of Avenue Investigators, edition number four, soon to be. And, of course, Joe, a highly decorated member of the NYPD in his day, the most notable, including the Department Medal of Valor, the aforementioned Joseph Jacklin. Sarge, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Jay. How are you? I am doing well, my friend. We've got a lot to cover here. Now the trial uh, seems to be kind of winding up here. Uh, prosecution arrested uh, Joe yesterday. Are you keeping uh, tabs on this? Uh, interesting where the judge denied the defense request to dismiss the second-degree murder charge against the former NYPD officer. But, uh, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of stuff in play here, and prosecutors feel, you know what? Uh, they have pretty much passed on to the jury plenty of information here. But, uh, you know, I knew it would kind of be quick here uh, without question, and soon we will have deliberations. Uh, and this thing has yeah. only been in play a couple of weeks. Give me your take. Well, yes. I mean, uh, the medical examiner or the former medical examiner uh, testified yesterday, too, that um, Thomas Valva most likely died from hypothermia, and he kind of discounted the fact that um, – the story about him walking to school and falling and hitting his head is, has been pretty much put to rest. Um, he had several injuries on his body. He has said, talked about um, these brown spots on his stomach, which the doctor said was uh, consistent with hypothermia, and that this, you know, he didn't really come out and say it, but the, the, this child really suffered a terrible death. Yeah, just brutal. Uh, you know, kid had a Body temperature of 76.1. We know normal is 98.6, but that's what happens when you get sprayed with a hose and then thrown in the garage in January. My goodness. I mean, you know, just every day, just gut-wrenching testimony from educators. Uh, you know, the lead detective, the better florist, uh, Joe, just uh, gut-wrenching stuff. Uh, and there's really not much more you can say, you know. We'll, we'll figure this out. We'll decipher it all in the next segment with Ray Perini. Uh, attorney, but uh, you know, it's it's just every day when you recount and read, and you and I have covered this from day one. Uh, it it just you know the he said she said aspect. The former uh, fiance will, will be in the picture in the next couple of weeks with her trial, uh, but it's just uh, it's tough. It really is tough to see how an eight and a ten year old retreated. Uh, so uh, the beat goes on. You also have a another thing going on regarding. Uh, deliberations uh, in this, uh, the Kasim Morris trial, Tyler Flack trial, we should say. Kasim Morris died at the hands of Flack in a fight three years ago, September. Uh, but all in all, you kind of have different takes on this thing of, of how uh, Joe Kasim Morris did die. No, I mean, uh, you know, they're, they're arguing over, you know, how many said, times he said he stabbed them. And this and that. I mean, listen, this is just a lot of jockeying around for what defense attorneys do. Um, I, I don't think there's, I think they have plenty of evidence to, going forward that he's responsible for his death. Um, the question that comes down to is uh, the intent. But, you know, you pull out a knife and you stab somebody. I mean, what, what intent do you think you're going to have? 
So I, I just think a lot of this is just, um, you know, jockeying for position, so to speak, when you're trying to present this in front of a jury. But I think the evidence um, kind of let it, you know, le- leads you to the decision on exactly what happened here. Well, listen, in, in my in my book, uh, the kid still had a weapon on him. Uh, he never should have had that. Never should have taken the weapon out in, his, in an after school brawl there, uh, in that uh, strip uh, parking lot uh, of the mall. But in essence, uh, it did happen. It got ugly, and a kid died because of it. So what happens there? Day three deliberations. Uh, we'll figure that out. Uh, Joe, have you been following? I know you've been following the Alec Baldwin deal. Uh, and now, you know, it, it seems like one year after, you know, there's some moves that have already been made and it looks like plenty of evidence has been gathered, uh, against Baldwin in New Mexico. And, uh, and now, you know, you could see some real tough charges against this guy. We'll see because of negligence and everything else was an acting producer on that movie set. So things are kind of moving along there in Santa Fe. Well, the interesting aspect of it was that the, uh, the the prosecutor said that she was going to pursue justice. So um, I don't know if that was foretelling about what was going to happen next, but it is gonna, definitely going to be interesting to see uh, how she proceeds. I mean, I don't think that they would, if they ever did it, I don't think that then your the next guest can answer for sure, but I don't think that they would uh, build a case for murder, uh, more like a criminally negligent homicide or whatever they call the statute out in, in New Mexico, where... Basically, you acted super reckless, where you, you just you were aware of the risks, but you disregarded. So, pointing a gun at anybody, even if it's supposed to be a prop, uh, is is probably not a smart idea. So, I think that's the way that if they if they do it, it would go that way. I think the most uh, the, the craziest thing about this thing is Bowman has said the gun went off accidentally. He didn't pull the trigger, but. According to the forensic yeah. report of the FBI, that weapon was, uh, you know, could not have fired unless that trigger was pulled. You you know better than anyone, right? I mean, it's, you know, you can't, yeah. I mean, how does a trigger act like that without you actually doing that damage there? Yeah, no, I just think that, um, you know, the shock that sets in and people don't remember exactly what transpired. But, yeah, it's going to just don't go off by themselves. They usually require some sort of finger pressure and, to do so. And they can actually tell what kind of pound per pressure that trigger actually has so listen i I mean if that's going to be if that's going to be his defense and they do issue charges he's in trouble yeah no doubt joe jacklin the crime report uh joe uh did you catch the gubernatorial debate a couple of nights a couple of nights ago from pace um and if you did you know crime was certainly at the forefront and uh, they kind of let off with that back and forth. And, you know, listen, you look at the numbers where you have a 30% increase year over year. You look at the subway stuff. We haven't seen this in 25 years. Uh, some of the stuff that has gone on there, some of the murders that have taken place. People being pushed out on the tracks. You just saw one about a week and a half ago. Guy that has a, a record beyond belief, obviously. And, you know, so many people have been let out back in the streets when they should have been incarcerated. You know, you go on and on and on here, but certainly uh, at the forefront in 10 days, a lot of people have in their minds what's happening as far as New York is concerned, especially in and around the city. Well, no, I mean, I, I did I did not watch the um, the debate. I just caught some of the, the snippets on crime because I, I don't want to sit there and listen to all the stuff. I was just interested in, in the actual crime aspect, so I just watched the snippets of videos. I mean, listen, 
there's at this point you can't deny the fact that we have a problem with crime not only you know everywhere in new york state i mean it's just to say otherwise i think you'd be foolish and i think you'd also if you're a politician that say you don't have any issues i think you would really be out of a job eventually here yeah, because the, the the conversations that i do follow on social media about this it's overwhelmingly people are concerned about crime so if if you're going into this election and you're trying to, you know, minimize the effects and the perception of people by basically discounting what they have to say, I think you're in trouble in November. Yeah, no, without question. I mean, listen, uh, the economy will be on people's minds, but it's also about safety right now, and it's quite evident uh, what is going on here. Quite evident, not only here, but around the country. So uh, we're 10 days out of an election. Let us see. Joe Jacklow on the crime report. Let's get into a couple of things. You had three incidents on the island threat schools, Joe. Most recently, East Hampton, a 13-year-old boy uh, making threats. We also had situations uh, a little over a week ago in Long Beach as well as Valley Stream. And uh, quite troubling. We've seen this before, a little uptick. As far as these uh, threats, everything has to be investigated, uh, but they are out there. Yep, and they're coming over social media, most of them. I know the the one in East Hampton did, right? So the 13-year-old's posting uh, things on social media, which is actually interesting because they're charging them with uh, making terroristic threats, which is a heavy-duty felony in the New York State penal law. So the, the only issue that you're dealing with is you're also dealing with raise the age. So he's 13 years old. He's not going to go to criminal court. If this was going back um, before raise the age, he would be charged with an A felony as an adult. So that's that's where the big change of raise the age comes in. But besides that, the issue that comes down to is, I, I mean, you, you start to see a copycat kind of thing. Like we start to see these things pop up. I don't know if these kids think it's funny that they do this or they don't think that there's going to be any consequences. But, the, you know, from what we've seen in, in regarding shootings in schools, uh, law enforcement on Long Island has done a pretty good job. I mean, identifying these kids through social media and, and, and making arrests. So if they haven't figured out that they're being watched and what they said on social media, people are reporting this stuff now to the police. Um, I think if you're a kid, you're, 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 you're just set about to ruin your life if you think this is a joke. Yeah, no question. And you're right, it's copycat stuff. You know, we I don't think we spoke to you, but, you know, you had it, the situation in St. Louis. We've seen that scene all too long uh, with these kids running out of that building with their hands up. Could have been a lot worse. I think three people died in that. Uh, and they saw what happened. You know, they see what happens around the country. They see, they see what happens to a kid who, instead of getting the death penalty, got life behind bars, and that being the shooter in Parkland down in Florida. You know, when you see this, this is what happens. And it spreads like wildfire, unfortunately, uh, as far as social media uh, is concerned. So uh, troubling stuff. Joe Jacklow, the crime report. A couple of more, Joe. Uh, you had a scary incident yesterday with a bus driver who actually jumped out of his window. I'm talking about he's in the bus, jumped window to escape a guy who had come on board with a gun. It looked real. And the bus later crashed into a pole, utility pole. Uh, but uh, all in all, uh, that uh, that gun, uh, that gun was not real, though, Joe. Correct? Yeah, no, but I mean, you, you can't make that split second decision when somebody is going to, you know, carjack your bus. So I mean, it's he gets charged with criminal possession of a weapon, firearm. I mean, they will, they will 
of course, try to, to knock that down because the gun wasn't real. But if you bring a fake gun, even if you put your finger in your pocket and say you have a gun and you do something like this, you will be charged with criminal possession of a weapon. I don't know how many people know that, but that's exactly what's going to happen. Here. Plus, he's going to get charged with robbery. And then I think there were seven people still on the bus. So he's going to probably get charged with at least seven different counts of reckless endangerment and everything else that goes along with it. So uh, this this guy should not be getting bail after this, but we'll we'll see what happens. But the, the laundry list of charges for this guy is going to be rather lengthy. Yeah, no bail for this next guy out of Medford. He got a sense. I thought it was rather light, too. Three and a half years, uh, Joe, for cruel and inhumane violence inflicted with hate crimes that terrorized three day laborers. So this uh, Christopher Sell, a 20-year-old, pled guilty to strangulation and assault hate crimes. They are. Uh, according to the DA of Suffolk, Ray Tierney, who had sought a seven-year prison term, uh, but he confessed to the crime following his arrest. I don't know if it led to a lighter sentence. I thought he should, should have gotten a lot more, uh, Joe, with this uh, situation here. Well, I do, too, and specifically, I think there were three victims here that we talked about. We, we talked about this when this first happened. So, yeah, three victims, and he got only three and a half years, which means he's going to do half of that or less. So uh, the punishment really does not fit the crime here, especially when you have um, a rise in hate crimes, not only in New York, but across the country, too. So I think this is something to be monitored and, and something to look at. And, 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 yeah, for hate crime, this is, like, really light. Joe Jacklin, the crime report. The judge earlier, just a couple of days ago, actually, sentenced a guy out of Mineola to a year in jail. You know, you hate these stories. I don't know what goes on with people's heads. Uh, he beat and killed two puppies. Can you imagine this? Uh, the worst ever prosecutor in the county as far as these types of situations. Ann Donnelly said this. She's the, the Nass County District Attorney. I mean, that's a tough one. Uh, but why people feel the need. I mean, can you imagine this? Uh, this is another situation in which I thought, uh, you know, this, this guy got off light. He got off light, only a year in jail. He admitted to beating and killing a couple of puppies, Joe. Yeah, no, I mean, let's say, first of all, this is it's an awful case. But unfortunately, the cases that involve around the dog seem to get a lot more people angry that these, these individuals don't get a lot more jail time instead of the one we just spoke about where this guy was, you know, basically kidnapping day laborers and beating them out in the woods. Uh, I mean... Uh, listen, I understand this is outrageous, but we don't have that same kind of uh, <laughs> attitude towards when people are doing it to real people. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I always I always, I always, always say, well, if there's a dog involved, everybody would be upset. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, listen, this is another awful case. And you know what? I, I can't believe that. Um, I mean, we're talking about li- little dogs here, too. I mean, eh, some psychologists we'd have to get on to find out why people would do something like this. No idea. I mean, I got one at home, and it's uh, it's just mind-boggling, really, as people resort to that. Um, Earlier in the week, a guy pled guilty to aggravated vehicular homicide. Prosecutor said he drove drunk and nearly three times that legal limit. Killed his front passenger, uh, injured three others, and they have gathered that 24-year-old Stephen Sharma was was driving uh, a night of heavy drinking, lost control, crashed head-on into a concrete medium, and that crash uh, killing a 22-year-old at a New Hive Park 
who died right at the scene. Joe, we've seen this one too long as well, what goes on here with drinking and driving. Yeah, we've been talking about these cases since the beginning we started doing this, and however long we do this, we'll, we'll be unfortunately talking about cases just like this. I don't get it. I don't understand what people think they can drink and drive or use drugs now and drive. Uh, it's just um, it's just an awful thing. And unfortunately, they're taking innocent lives with them. And every time this happens, we say the same thing. Oh, we have to change it. Oh, we have to hit people you know, harder. We have to make deterrence and this and that. And then you end up something like this where they, they, they cop a plea, they get a much lower case, uh, lower uh, you know, sentence. And now you know, this, this person's never coming back. This person doesn't get a second chance. So uh, I don't know. It just it's a, that's aggravating to me. Aggravating as well regarding a chiropractor earlier in the week. Uh, 16-year-old was treated for back pain, forcibly touched uh, in inappropriate uh, places, thus an arrest here for a 64-year-old doctor at a Smithtown and now charged with uh, sexual abuse, uh, endangering the welfare of a child. Uh, but uh, all in all, uh, this guy's arraignment is set. I think it's mid-November in Central Islip. Uh, another case. We've seen this one before, too. Yeah, let's just hope that they're reaching out to the public to see if this guy is, uh, you know, alleged that it, this has happened to any other person, child, that has gone to this location. I, I, I don't know if this is a one-off event or not, but I think the job of law enforcement is to put it out there and see uh, exactly what transpired, if there was any other complaints, uh, and, and to see what's going on there. Yeah, and uh, usually in some of these cases, you know, these guys uh, have done this before. You know, and you usually get a lot of people that come forward and everything else. But, uh, you know, uh, one of those deals, it's a, you know, it's a terrible story. Uh, very. How about this story regarding a police officer, uh, Joe in Nassau, was driving a department-issued SUV. I think it was in Long Beach. Uh, and he stroked an emotional support dog. And it left the animal's family to get something like ten, twelve, thirteen thousand dollars medical bills uh, that the county refuses to pay because the pet is unleashed. Kind of a crazy story there. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, I don't know exactly how it works uh, for if you if you hit a dog that has you know no leash on it or not. But I, I don't know. I, I think the the county's going to end up being held responsible for uh, for these bills. I think you're right. I think it comes down to the fact that, uh, you know, listen, you have a, an unleashed dog. I mean, uh, listen, if we have pets, we know. I mean, listen, I, mine doesn't go out without a leash, you know. I mean, you have to. But, uh, you know, it sets up kind of an interesting dynamic there, especially, you know, if a cop is involved or whatnot, it's going to get uh, some attention uh, and everything else. But, uh, you know, all in all, uh, it certainly did get a lot of attention there as far as uh, what went on there. Uh, Joe, that's what we got here on uh, on a Friday here on the Crime Report. A lot happening, uh, my friend. And uh, I know you'll be monitoring uh, throughout the weekend, and we'll chat as well. How's that? You got it. Have a great weekend. All right, Joe. Crime Report brought to you by the Crime Stoppers, ladies and gentlemen. In Suffolk County, 1-800-220-TIPS. That's 1-800-220-8477. All calls are indeed uh, kept uh, confidential. And at uh, various times, uh, monetary warrants issued five, ten thousand dollars or so uh, for information that will lead to an arrest in certain cases. Crime stops.